WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, Colts Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Welcome to Cap Space 2.0 because... In the midst of recording this, uh, I accidentally deleted the recording before Cody had a chance to uh, actually put the thing up on YouTube. So here we are. We're recording it again. So today uh, yes. we're going to basically re-talk about uh, the cap situation for the Colts and a couple moves that we can make that we believe that the Colts can make to basically free up a little bit of space for this upcoming free agency period. Now, I want to preface off the top of, the, of this that, again, this isn't every move that we can make, but we're just talking about a few in general. And I said this before in the previous video before I deleted it. I said trigger warning to anyone that likes these players, stands these players, whatever. We're, we, we like all these players as well, but at the same time, we're trying to think of options here for the Colts to make some, uh, make some headway. So... Again, let's go into this, Cody, and I think the first thing they have to mention is Carson Wentz's contract. Uh, we mentioned he's going to get paid about $22 million in base salary, $6 million from roster bonus, so that's a $28 million uh, cash cap hit this year. Uh, I think that's a number that, based off of his play towards the end of the year, and trying to find weapons for him, I think it's important that the Colts find a way to help rework that contract a little bit to allow them some more wiggle room. Yeah, I agree. We talked about this, and you know Carson Wentz right now is being paid as the ninth highest quarterback in the league, at least as much as the Colts are paying him right now uh, per year, right? With all those things included. So, yeah, I mean the, I mean let's be honest, there are better quarterbacks than him that are getting paid less than him. I mean, let's be real. Like Carson Wentz, I think in the first half of the season, he was playing like maybe a fringe top 10 quarterback. And then at the end of the season, it kind of leveled off to maybe 15 to 20 even, you know, based off of how poor he was playing at the end of the year. So, yeah, I think you got to cut that. You know, you're talking about wanting to go all in in terms of, you know, just – just getting to Carson Wentz some weapons and trying to get some other guys, you know, around him because as much as fault as Carson Wentz deserves, he also didn't have a whole lot to work with in terms of talent at wide receiver and also at tight end, which I know we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you got to spend it like Carson. Look, man, you know, we pay based off of performance and I probably spent it a little bit nicer than I'm going to say it, but your performance was not good enough. You know, it simply was not good enough to be warranting, paying you as the ninth best quarterback in the league, you know? So I think you got to cut it, whatever that looks like. You know, we mentioned 5 million. Is it they even go up to 10 million? I don't know what that looks like exactly, but I do think Carson Wentz right now is your highest paid player on your roster. I believe 
if I'm not mistaken. On a, uh, average, on an average, uh, yeah, even uh, even for the uh, totals, yeah, I mean, it's still pretty much up there. So yeah, so I mean, that's kind of wild considering how erratic his play was at times. So I think you almost have to. I think out of all the guys that we're going to look at, this is the one that's the most obvious. You have to make a cut here some way, somehow on Carson Wentz's contract in order to give yourself, um, you know, some more opportunities to get some more weapons for Carson, to add some more talent to your roster moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's pretty obvious you need to do something with this contract because it's a decently sized contract and uh, you don't want to be tied to that, you know, for another year. If indeed you do decide to keep Carson, which ultimately I think unless the Colts go swinging for the fences and go for a Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, I think they're probably going to stick with Carson for at least one more year. And also, Derek, I look at it kind of like this. You can get a little bit of a better gauge on who Carson is if you give him a few more you know, talented weapons, right? Because we've talked about it before. Won't get it too much into it, but you look at some of those top teams in the NFL right now. You know, They have some weapons for their quarterbacks. Obviously, their quarterbacks really, really good players, some of the top players of their positions, but also they give they gave them the weapons that they needed, you know, and, and let's be honest, the Colts didn't give Carson Wentz the proper weapons outside of Michael Pittman last year um, to really, you know, maybe give a completely fair and accurate portrayal of who Carson Wentz is as a quarterback. So I think if they do that, they give him a year and I kind of look at it like this, Derek, you know, if Carson Wentz doesn't work out, you decide to move on from him after this next year. You still have some really good weapons for whoever your quarterback is that you do bring in. So, yes, I believe the contract needs to be reworked in some way, somehow, some shape, and some form for this 2022 offseason so you can ensure that you get your quarterback better weapons and you get your team better players as well in the free agency. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Or subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yep, totally agree with you there. Uh, Let's go to another offensive player here. And his name has been uh, brought about when it comes to trade talks, when it comes to some of the players who have been on the trade block. And uh, one of those being Ryan Kelly. I know some people will say, you know, and we've been saying it oh, quite a bit recently, how, you know, people have been telling us that, you know, when we say, you know, that we might need to move Ryan Kelly, you know, that, oh, that means that you guys really don't care too much about, you know, this offensive line staying intact and staying productive. Look, we want this offensive line to stay productive and stay intact, but at the end of the day, you're going to pay Quentin Nelson damn near $20 million uh, a, a year over the next few years after either after this year or two years following. So you're going to pay him a lot of money. 
You're going to be in the midst of paying Braden Smith $18 million a year. Uh, you're going to end up, you're already paying Ryan Kelly uh, about 10 to $12 million a year as it stands. You know, you're going to have to still get a left tackle. Who knows how much that's going to cost. And, you know, I mean, whether they draft one in the second round, that's going to cost you a couple million out the bank. And, you know, and then on top of it, you know, they got to figure out the right guard position. Are they going to sign Glowinski or are they going to sign Reed to a couple million dollars? What's going to happen? So, you know, there's a lot of money being tied into this offensive line. And look, at the end of the day, I mean, where does that extra few million better serve you? Uh, and it just better serves you getting you some offensive weapons or helping you with defensive uh, linemen get bringing them over here. And again, because of the fact that you and I know how good Danny Pinter has been in replacing Ryan Kelly in the times that he's been absent, you know, it just seems like it would be a smart move to be able to get a draft pick to save a few million and then be able to still have Danny Pinter doing that. And then you could get depth behind him if you felt that was necessary, which they should. And I mean, you said it multiple times over the last few weeks. We just don't think that there is a ginormous drop off in the level of talent that Pinter's playing with right now versus Ryan Kelly. Like we obviously know Ryan Kelly's the better center, but to be worth, you know, to be worth that $12 million a year being paid and, you know, versus a guy that you're paying at the moment in time that you're paying like two, $3 million. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different ball game is, Ryan Kelly playing 10 times better than Danny Pinter? No, he's not. So, you know, it's kind of a situation where, you know, X's and O's, like, does it make sense to try and, and get a draft pick and save a few million to be able to address other positions when you know you have a guy in the weights that can that can fill that position? Yeah, you mentioned there's really not a huge drop-off from Pinter to Kelly. Obviously, there was a drop-off. Like, There's always going to be from a Pro Bowl center to whoever the next guy is. But I think something that it showed you here, Derek, is you have some serious depth in that interior of your offensive line right now, right? You have some serious depth. And, you know, you think about, like, your, your tackle position, for example. Like, you have Matt Pryor, but I would argue that your interior right now from a depth standpoint is tremendously better than your tackle situation right now. So I think you feel more comfortable with Danny Pinter at center than say, you know, if you were to move on from Braden Smith, for example, Matt Pryor goes over to right tackle, you know, Matt Pryor played well, but I feel a lot more confident in what Danny Pinter offers. I mean, you know, basically considering that it's still relatively a new position to him. I feel like he played really, really well, given the situation like we all knew a couple of years ago when Ryan Kelly went down, we knew that Ryan Kelly was out and we knew we needed him back ASAP. But the good thing is with Danny Pinter, he's cheaper. He's one of your guys like you actually drafted, right? Because remember, Ryan Kelly was not a guy the Colts drafted. He was drafted by the previous regime and you already are tied up. You mentioned you're already tied up to Braden Smith, right? You're already tied up to Kelly. You're going to be tied up to Quentin Nelson. Like people want to trade Quentin Nelson. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, that's another conversation, another argument for another time. But I think the the truth is you're you're paying a lot, a lot of money. You're probably one of, if not the team that's spending the most amount of cap space on strictly your offensive line. So 
for me, it makes a lot of sense to trade away Kelly. He's the oldest one of this group. You know, he's not one of your guys. He's still a really good player. So you think he's probably going to give you some decent draft capital. You know, I honestly think he could give you some decent draft capital because centers are hard to come by. Really good NFL centers are hard to come by. And, you know, you mentioned it already. You know, you get a good draft pick. You save some cap space. Like, to me, it's just a win-win for everybody, you know, for the Colts. Because, yeah, you're right. You can't just keep investing on this offensive line. I know that it's important. I mean, you and I lived through the Grigson and Pagano days. We know how important it is, man, to have a good offensive line. But I think the difference between, you know, Grigson and Ballard is Ballard has maybe almost overcommitted at certain points to the amount of cap space that he's put into the offensive line, whereas Grigson just did it. He just did not, flat out did not address it at all. He tried to address it, but he's, it's just, it was a disaster every time. Now, Ballard has been able to find a lot of guys that can plug in and play really well. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think for that reason, you got a guy waiting in the wings at Danny Penter, who I think is a really good player, who I think has proven that he deserves more playing time, and right now he's not going to get that behind Ryan Kelly. So for me, it makes a lot of sense to move on from him. Um, I know it would obviously be a little bit of a drop-off for sure, um, but I think it makes the most sense. You know, you're tied into two guys that you drafted. You invested high, high picks into both those guys, into Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith. I think it makes sense moving forward. You mentioned left tackle. You got to figure that out. You got to re-sign a couple of those offensive linemen as well. So, yeah, for me, moving on from Ryan Kelly. Obviously, I, we like Ryan Kelly. Like, you know, there's going to be probably people that are like, "Why would you do that?" Well, I love Ryan Kelly. I like Ryan Kelly too. I think he's a good player. But I think also one thing we I didn't address here, Derek, that we talked about in the episode we recorded before, is that Ryan Kelly's being paid like a top five center, and he's not been playing like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The last couple of years. Like he's had moments where he's looked really good. He's been a really good center. Don't get me wrong. But he's had moments of inconsistency where you're like, do you really feel comfortable continuing to pay this guy this top three center kind of money? And he has inconsistencies, you know? Whereas Danny Pinter, he really has it so far. I know the sample size is a lot smaller, but you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're going to have a guy that's inconsistent, I'd rather go with a younger guy who has a lot more, in my opinion, ceiling at this point in his career than as a Ryan Kelly, where we kind of know what he is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it, it, when it comes to, I think Danny Pinter is a lot more consistent than a Ryan Kelly. I think Ryan Kelly at his peak is, is clearly better than a Danny Pinter by a long shot at his best. But I would also say, again, you said sample size was really small when it came to Danny Pinter. But again, we have not seen Pinter really get taken advantage of yet in regards to blocking people. I've seen a lot of games where Ryan Kelly has not been at his best, and he looked really bad in some of those games. So, you know, again, it, it, when it comes down to the money thing, future money, I think that makes a bit much, much more sense because you all have to pay Pinter for another two to three years. So that's something that you have to think about versus, I mean, Ryan Kelly – in another, uh, at the same time that you uh, have Pinter, you know, Kelly's going to be looking for another payday. You know, Kelly, at the same year that uh, that Pinter's going to want to get paid, you know, Kelly's going to want to get paid again too. So, you know, it's going to be a situation where, you know, you look towards the future. I mean, you just go with the guy that over the next two years, that isn't going to cost you $20 million. You, you go with the guy that's going to cost you $4 million 
and he's not five times worse than what uh than what Ryan Kelly is. So it, it's one of those things that I just think in the longevity for saving money for this team, I think that's the important part, and especially even for this offseason, uh, just to save a few million. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to, I think. Like, it's not like we're saying Ryan Kelly's a bad player at all. We're oh, quite the opposite. We think he's a really good center, one of the best centers in football at his peak. But yeah, when it comes down to this, you're going to have to make tough decisions like this. You can't keep everybody, unfortunately. This isn't Madden where you can go in and change the salary cap or, you know, or go in and turn it off at that point. Or, or turn it off or who, go in who, and who change a contract. salary cap anymore on Madden. Right. <laughs> right. Like There's very few. I don't know many that actually do it that way. So. Right. I mean, but like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to do something here at the offensive line, I feel like. You can't keep investing you know, these high amount of dollar signs to all these offensive linemen. Something's got to give, and I think Ryan Kelly is probably the most likely candidate based off of the things we talked about when it comes to inconsistencies. Because think of what that speaks to the locker room, Derek, if you were to, like, trade away Quentin Nelson, who is your heart and soul of your offense. He's the heart and soul of your offensive line. I mean, he is is a generational offensive lineman. It is pivotal you keep him around. I don't care what position he is. You keep the best lineman in football at that spot, and you keep him on your team. Because, again, he took that that 2018 offensive line that was one of the worst offensive lines in football the year prior, and they became the one of the best offensive lines in football in a matter of a year. What changed? Well, you had a healthy Costanzo finally, and then you had Quentin Nelson at it. And that's when, you know, Braden Smith came into the mix, but Braden Smith was – you know, was an average right tackle at best during that year because, you know, at the best edge rushers were all attacking him. But nevertheless, Quentin Nelson changed your dynamic of how you block as a unit on that line. And yet that's that's something that money just is just not an object at that point. You just have to know that that guy needs to stick around. Yeah, and I mean, Quentin Nelson is a franchise guy, and Ryan Kelly's a good player, but he's not a franchise guy, let's be honest. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it makes a lot of sense to move on from Kelly here because he's going to be thirty. He's going to turn 29 in May, so he's getting a little up there in age. Um, you can still get a decent pick for him while he's still fairly young. Yeah, all those reasons, it just makes a lot of sense for me um, because Kelly has, in my mind, not necessarily lived up to the amount of money that you extended him for. So. Um, but he still is a good player, so it would suck to see him go, but I would get it. You know what I mean? So, And here's the thing, and I know people will say keep the offensive line in check. Here's the thing. So I'm going to bring this up, and I won't spend too much time on it. Look at the two teams that are in the Super Bowl right now. Let's just look at that real quick. The Colts have invested some of the most money or will invest some of the most money in the entire NFL on their offensive line. Okay? The Rams – they have a decent offensive line. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just decent. But what do they have? They have an elite quarterback. They have elite weapons. And they have an elite defense. They're in the Super Bowl. They don't have an amazing offensive line, but it's good enough to keep their quarterback upright most of the time. Now let's look at the Bengals. They have no offensive line. I mean, our offensive line is one of the worst in the league. But what do they have? They have an elite quarterback. They have an, They have elite weapons. And they have a defense. Again, the Colts don't have an elite quarterback. They don't have elite weapons. 
on the on the at the wide receiver position or tight end position, we think their defense is almost as good as the Bengals at certain points. That defense has their the defense of the Colts has guys on it that are as good, if not better, than most guys on those two defenses. But again, it comes down to the fact Colts don't have those weapons. They don't have the quarterback to be able to throw to those weapons. And that's the thing. It's okay to have two, three, four really good offensive linemen. That will be good for your team moving forward. But you look at all these other teams, the Colts offensive line is better than all of them. But yet they're making it to the playoffs and making it further than we are. Why? Because they actually have weapons. It's time to invest that money into something more valuable. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now let's go to an actual weapon here that we talked about. And I know this one hurts Cody a little bit because, you know, he's a huge fan of this guy. And that is Jack Doyle. Uh, we know that he's contemplating retirement. Um, obviously him and T.Y. Hilton both. Uh, I think you and I were under the assumption or what we think should happen is, you know, that the Colts might have to objectively uh, cut Jack Doyle from the roster this offseason because – you know, he's getting paid six, almost six and a half million dollars this year uh, to, you know, be on this roster. And, you know, for the production you're getting, it's just really not worth six and a half million dollars to deal with. I mean, when it comes to, uh, you know, he's not much of a pass catcher anymore. He's 32 years old. You know, it's just one of those things where, you and I talked about it yesterday that, you know, having a good tight end on the roster is so important in today's NFL. And right now we don't really have that specific receiving tight end that can do that. So you have to, you know, find ways to be able to find somebody like that. And what better way to save $5 million and go invest it in somewhere else? I mean, as much as we love Jack Doyle, I just don't know if he's worth the asking price right now. He's not. I'm going to be honest, he's not. I like Jack Doyle, but I could easily re-sign Mowally Cox for less than half of that, and he's as good of, if not a better, run blocker, and I think he has more upside at this point in his career as a receiver. I know he's a little bit inconsistent and stuff like that, but he's just a, he's a bigger, more athletic guy, and he's also a really good run blocker. So, you, you know, you can't just keep having all these run-blocking tight ends. You got you got Something's got to give. The Colts need to do something at tight end. I think this offseason, there's a couple guys on the market 
that you're like, okay, you know, if the Colts were to invest some money into these guys, that could really help out this offense moving down the line, you know, and you could find your future tight end in free agency. So, yeah, I think it makes sense to move on from Jack Doyle if he doesn't hang it up. Now, he still might hang it up. We haven't really heard anything on that front. But if he doesn't, I think the Colts honestly have to move on. You know, I think they do at this point because you can only have so many tight ends that can't catch the football or can't get open or can't create separation on your roster. You know, like Jack Doyle is a good player to have. Let's be honest, he's not scaring anybody at night. None of these tight ends are right now. So you got to figure something out at tight end. You got to do something to get some legit weapons for Carson Wentz moving forward. I mean, you look at when Carson Wentz had some of his best years in Philly, he had an elite tight end that he was throwing the football to, right? And he had multiple good tight ends that could get open, you know, in that Super Bowl run. When Carson Wentz was looking like an MVP, he had those weapons that he could really, you know, throw the football to. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's hard because I love Jack Doyle. I think he's one of the most underrated Colts in the last five to ten years that nobody really talks about, but he's always just been so consistent. And that's kind of been his calling card, but he hasn't even really done a whole lot in the receiving game. So what are you kind of paying him for beyond just being a leader in that locker room? You know what I mean? So, and you know, if if he can't perform, then you know, what's the point in keeping him around at this point, you know? And uh, it may it may solve itself, it may work itself out, he may retire. But, yeah, I think the Colts need to go all in for a tight end. And this could help partially get that guy, you know, if you were able to save a couple million by, by you know, outright just releasing Jack Doyle. That could really help, you know, bring another guy in, you know, get a little bit of money towards that and really start fixing and stop band-aiding the tight end position as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll go to the last guy here. Like I said, this isn't all of the moves that we can make, but this is just for this video. Um, uh, it's DeForest Buckner's contract. You know, this season, it may be a little difficult to maybe cut back on a few million on this one. Uh, again, his roster bonuses and what he's getting uh, is definitely a uh, a good incentive for him. So maybe he's not as, uh, he wouldn't be as stingy when it comes to the millions, uh, especially since, you know, the next two years, he's going to be getting, he's going to be getting 39 million over the next or basically 40 million over the next two years. So maybe, you know, and, and especially for the guaranteed, I don't remember how much guaranteed money he was getting off the top of my head. I think it was like 60 million. So, you know, again, he hasn't even quite made it to that level yet. He would after next year's contract is up. But um, again, he's one of those players that you and I talked about it yesterday, thought that, you know, getting a few million from his base salary this year, and then still staying at the level that it was at for next year uh, with the amount that you're paying him, you feel that it could help with, you know, keeping a few guys around. You think that DeForest Buckner being a leader and a man of integrity the way he is, I think it'd be a little easier to be able to make something like that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's another one of those guys that you wonder if the Colts might move some things around a little bit in order to be able to uh, get some of that money for this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, you also look at a guy like Grover Stewart, who I wanted to mention as well, because he's also getting paid a lot of money for you know being a one-tech. Now, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but I kind of look at the one-tech position, Derek, and I'm like, they're kind of a dime a dozen a little bit. Like You brought in a guy from like T Taylor Stallworth, who, in my opinion, he, he offers a little bit more in the pass rush, and he's getting paid significantly less 
than Grover Stewart. And so you're paying that defensive interior a lot of money as well, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it is a strength this defense. But also, like, you know, you got I think you can spin it kind of like how you did with Carson Wentz a little bit, being like, look, guys, you know, we're, we respect you as players. We think you're really good players, but we need to go out and get you some help at defensive end, right? We need to help. We need to go get some of these guys that can make your jobs a heck of a lot easier on the interior. And, and I think, it, you know, those guys are both seem like very high character guys. So it would make sense to me that those guys would understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it makes a whole lot of sense to potentially cut into that a little bit and, and just help out this team, you know, when it comes to, to really getting some of that top end talent, you know what I mean? And, uh, these guys are great locker room guys. So I think it would, yeah, like you said, it would make it a little bit easier to convince them to potentially think about doing that. These guys don't strike me as guys who are, you know, all about the money. You know what I mean? Like, obviously you want to respect them and pay them with what they deserve, but also, like, man, you, you know, you got to figure something out. Similar to offensive line, like something's got to give somewhere. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and you know, you're way. trying to balance this roster more. You're trying to add more great talent. And I mean, me as a me specifically, if I was in that position and I knew that giving up a few million of mine to ensure that we were going to get a top tier player at a particular position that's going to help me. Me personally, I'd be okay with it because I know what I'm getting. And obviously, Grove got a good payday. Buckner obviously is getting a big payday. So, of course, you know, these guys with their big paydays are a little bit easier to persuade versus somebody else that's not. And, you know, we talked about we talked about potentially putting Darius Leonard in this video as well. But, you know, he just signed the contract this last offseason right at the beginning, you know, and, of course, forcing – 14 turnovers in a season. We felt that it's a little early to kind of be uh, dipping into his contract right away. Uh, maybe in a year from now, if they still needed some uh, to go for a bigger name, we'll see. But we, right now you and I kind of thought that we were no go on when uh, on trying to get into Darius's contract at the moment. Yeah. If there's anybody that deserves a contract like that, it's Darius Leonard for all that he's done, all the turnovers that this dude has forced. He deserves it. He deserves every penny of that contract, you know, like, and, and I think that would be disrespectful, honestly, to ask Darius Leonard to do that because he has gone out there and he has proven it consistently. Not saying these other guys have it, but Darius Leonard's doing historic things. You know what I mean? And so he deserves that money in my opinion. And what kind of message going back to the, the message it was sent to the locker room, what kind of message would that send? If you're asking Darius Leonard, who just signed this contract, to cut it, you know, so in my opinion, I wouldn't do it, at least not yet, um, because I think Darius Leonard, out of all the players on this defense, is probably the most deserving based off of all the turnovers he forces and all the special stuff that this guy has done so far in his career. I think he deserves every penny, and I would not touch that. Right. All right, well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Again, like I said, we we recorded this once before, and I accidentally deleted the recording. So we're back. We do it, uh, we're doing it again. And uh, thank you guys again so much for the continued support. Let us know if there's any moves that you guys uh, disagree with us on the contracts. Uh, is there any that you thought we missed? Anything we should add? Maybe doing another video going forward? Uh, let us know your thoughts. Thank you guys again so much for the continued support as always. And as always, go Colts.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.